You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I am Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Welcome back. We're continuing on with our origin series. And I believe when I left you in the last episode, Christian and I were sitting in the lobby of a resort in Mexico, and we had just had a revelation that would change everything for us. And I know that kind of sounds almost cliche, but I'm not kidding. Like, we have not been the same since that moment. So, the reason that was so pivotal for us is because it was the first time we started to really understand that we had way more choice in the trajectory of our life than we had ever previously thought possible. And we started just toying with this idea of, you know, what if we don't have to stay on this same path if it's not serving us? And what if we don't have to follow the exact same steps that our families did, or maybe the people around us are doing. Because sometimes it's really easy when you're around people to just feel like you have to do what everyone else is doing. And we had fallen into that a little bit, thinking, you know, we want to be a little different, but we don't really know what that looks like. And it's just really easy to go with the crowd. And we started to realize that, hey, maybe we don't have to do that. And we started to dream, potentially for the first time ever. We'd had some little dreams, but like I've explained in previous episodes, I was a small, small thinker. And I was still really holding on to a lot of the ideas that, you know, play small, keep your head down, don't call attention to yourself, don't make a splash. And so I made sure that if I was setting goals or was dreaming, they were pretty small and they were definitely within those boundaries, if you will. And it was after this moment at this hotel lobby that we started to realize that, you know, the sky is truly the limit. And maybe the limitations we had set on ourselves were just simply self-imposed. I like to think of these moments, these type of breakthroughs, and I've had many since, but this was the biggest one. It was the first one. It was the most notable for me. It's like when you realize that you've been in a box your whole life and you thought the box was the box and it was there and it was just the way that it is. And then suddenly you realize the door has been open the whole time. And if you want to walk out of the box, you can. And that's what happened to us. And so on that flight home, back to the homestead and back to pick up our kids, we talked non stop. And we were lit up and we dreamed and we planned and we talked about these audacious goals. You know, things like, what if someday Christian could stop working for someone else and he could come home and build our own businesses? Because at that point, he was still working outside the house. 
and we talked about, you know, what if someday we could pay off our mortgage before we're 89 years old? (laughs) And we talked about what if someday, this was a big one, probably never going to happen, but what if someday we could add on to our house? Because we still had our 900 square foot tiny farmhouse and our family was growing and it was getting tight. You know, that felt like a big stretch, but we talked about it. And the most audacious one of all, we talked about what if we could someday get an actual herd of cattle? You know, we had a few milk cows, but what if we could get into ranching for real and we could start a commercial herd? And that's pretty. that was pretty big because, you know, it's hard to get into ranching unless you're born into it. And we definitely weren't born into it. So we talked about that and we were just lit up. And so when I got home, I was super charged and I went after it in my business. And I started to get extremely strategic. And this is really important because nothing else had changed in my business at that point. You know, it was all the same as before I'd left for Mexico. As far as I had the same blog, I had the same email list, I had the same number of leads or customers. The only thing that had changed was my mindset and how I was thinking, and which then directly affected how I was operating in my daily life. It's so important, guys. And I've talked about mindset on this podcast before. And I know when I first started hearing the importance of your beliefs and how you talk to yourself and your mindset, I, I kind of poo-pooed it. I kind of was like, okay, that's a nice idea. Surely it it's not that big of a deal. Like, come on, let's talk about something else. But no, I, I have since definitely understood the importance. And that's simply what happened is I had a mind set shift that subsequently propelled me on over those next four months. This trip was in January. I got home in January. By May of that year, I had achieved a very tough rank in doTERRA, which was the company I was working with, Um, a rank that not a lot of people achieve, a rank that produced a check that was more income than I'd ever created in a month's time ever in my life. And that was such a surreal moment to realize that it was simply my mindset holding me back the entire time. Now, one little caveat, as I heard that come out of my mouth, I don't want you to think that I sat here and told myself affirmations in the mirror and changed nothing else because I worked hard, but I wouldn't have had the oomph or even the ability to work that hard prior to my mindset shift. I had to have the change in my belief of what I was capable of or what was even possible for Christian and I before I was able to take action. So it's both. It's the the mindset shifts and it's targeted, consistent action. But it was pretty awesome for for us, the way Christian and I had been living, pretty small, um, pretty limited, you know, putting ourselves in this self-imposed box to be able to stretch out of that for the first time. And that was really a landmark moment for us. So after that, I started to go, holy moly, if I set my mind to something like this, even a big something, I might be able to, to do it. And then I started to ask myself, what else am I capable of doing? I just did that thing, right? 
what else could I do? So I just decided to see how far I could take it. And I continued working and being strategic and sharing oils. And I had lots of lessons and revelations about the difference between sharing and selling and how when I show up in to serve folks and to help them with their problems, that works better for everybody. And as I started to figure these things out and connect people to the oils, people got more and more excited and people started coming to me and my team really started to explode. So a couple different themes when I think about kind of the overarching theme of this part of my life, there was a couple that come out. The first one is that I really had to learn to say yes before I was ready. Also known as jumping out of the airplane and building a parachute on the way down. And there were a lot of actions I took and a lot of things I did where I didn't feel like an expert when I started them, right? I just had to kind of dive in and through that imperfect action, the way and the path became more clear. And doTERRA gave me a lot of opportunities to get uncomfortable in a good way. You know, they continued to take us on trips. So I told you that Mexico, that first time out of the country, scared me to death. Well, there were more trips to come, and I got to get very accustomed to traveling and learning how to pack for international travel and international plane rides and customs and all of that stuff. And I had to work through my fears and insecurities around that, but it was so good. It was so good. I jumped out of the airplane, not literally, but figuratively and built the parachute on the way down. Although, you know what? As I say that, here's one instance, maybe that's not a good idea. I just have to tell you this. This is super funny. Whenever I think about traveling during that period, it is the first story that comes to mind, which I've never shared publicly. Uh... Uh, so I'd never been to Europe before, right? Obviously, I'd never been anywhere. So we were getting ready to go to Europe. And by then I had, I guess I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but we had Sage, our third born. And she was like 11 months at that time. And I was still breastfeeding her and my mom was going to watch her. And I didn't want to lose my milk supply on the trip. So I decided to take my pump and to keep things going. If you're a guy and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is just, you know, mom life. Uh, anyway, so I was all happy because I had prepared and I was ready to go. I had my pump and everything. So what I did not realize, because I'd never been to Europe, uh, was that European outlets are not the same as American outlets. Maybe some of you did not know this either, but I did not know this. I know it now. And you need to take adapters with you when you're traveling to Europe if you want your American electronics to work. Didn't know that. So we got to the hotel after a bazillion hour plane ride because it takes forever to get to Europe. You know, you're flying all night. I'm exhausted. You just, when you fly internationally, you just feel like you're going to, you got to beat up when you just need a shower and it's just you're grimy. And I, um, get my suitcases into the hotel room and Christian's unpacking. And I'm like, I really need to use my pump. And so I take it in the bathroom and I thought, huh, this plug-in looks strange. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> and I plug in my pump and it starts to smoke. It's not, 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 not what pumps are supposed to do, just in case you've ever not used one. Not ideal outcome. So I yanked the plug out. I'm like, that's not great. And I hollered at Christian and he came in and he's like, yeah, 
that uh, that that plugin you you don't put that that uh, appliance into the plug. That's not a good idea. They won't match. They don't mesh. And so we ran all over the hotel room looking for another outlet. Of course, there was not one. And then I realized that um, I had, by the grace of God, put the tiny battery pack in the bag that would allow you to run the pump off of like AA batteries. So I was like, did I bring it? And I realized it was there. So we brought it out and we realized we had zero batteries. We tore apart our luggage. There was no batteries. And by then I was borderline hysterical because if you're, if you've ever been a nursing mom, you know why I would be hysterical. (laughs) And I was freaking out and thinking I'm going to dry up and I won't have any milk for my baby. And holy cow. And here I am in Romania of all places. And this is a disaster. And we called down to the front desk and this wonderful little man brought up batteries and he saved my life. But anyway, I don't know why I just told you that story. It was a horrible day. I laugh about it now. It was a horrible day. But maybe in that instance, being a little more prepared and not jumping out of the airplane and building a parachute on the way down would have been better. I don't know. But lesson learned, take adapters when you travel to Europe. Okay, so that had nothing to do with anything. I just had to tell you. I just felt compelled. Maybe some somebody needs to hear that at this moment. Anyway, okay. Where was I? I don't even know. Oh, we were talking about doing things before you're ready. So travel was good for me. I also got to speak, which then I realize now was setting me up for later on when I would have other speaking engagements where I would start this podcast and I would need to learn how to put my ideas into verbal format, right? Because I hadn't done that before. I was just a blogger who wrote blog posts in her kitchen while the spaghetti sauce cooked. So this really started to push me and help me kind of transform slowly over time into a leader, into someone who was there to show up and serve and someone who could teach and someone who could coach. And I don't know, isn't it cool sometimes? Have you ever looked back? I'm sure you have over your life experiences when you can just see the things that seem so disconnected at that time or just totally random and how they come together to make you into the person that you need to be today for whatever reason. Like it just never ceases to amaze me. So I started to say yes to these speaking engagements and these trips and these travel uh, opportunities and all these things that made me feel uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone. And I'm so glad I did it because now I'm able to use those into what I'm doing now. So pretty cool. Anyway, that was kind of a crazy uh, section of our life, doing all the things I never thought I would do, but was so, so good. And let me just say this real quick. I know I talked about this very briefly on the episode right before this one. When it comes to network marketing, I know that it has a bad rap sometimes. And some of you are probably, maybe a handful of you are a little bit annoyed that I'm talking about it. Um, To be honest, sometimes I get annoyed at it too. I get the same messages and I see the same social posts from people who are maybe a little too aggressive in their marketing efforts. But here's the deal. Here's what I want to say, because I know there's a lot of you who are listening who are involved in network marketing in some fashion, and I get a lot of questions about this, so I just want to say this. It's not something I've talked about on this podcast very much. Network marketing can absolutely work. It can work extremely well, and there's a lot of naysayers who are like, it never works. It's It's just fake. No one ever actually succeeds. That's not true. You absolutely can succeed in it, and I've succeeded in it, and I have lots of friends who've succeeded in it. But here is the kicker. You got to put in the work. It is not 
easy. Anyone who tells you that it's easy is not telling the truth. It takes work just like anything else. And most humans, I have discovered, are simply not willing to put in that work, plain and simple. Not trying to be harsh, but that is the truth. So therefore, a lot of humans tend to believe it doesn't work when they simply aren't willing to do what it takes. And it's cool. It's not for everyone. I'm not expecting everyone to you know, start out and, and build a team. You don't have to, but I'm just saying it can work if you are willing to put in what it takes. And not all network marketing companies are slimy. There are some slimy ones out there. There are also some really awesome ones and there are some really awesome products. As a business opportunity, it is tough, but it can yield some pretty amazing results. And that's why I'm so thankful for that period of my life because it gave me someone with zero business experience, no money to invest up front, and very little skills gave me the chance to create a pretty darn incredible income. I mean, to me, that is the American dream. And sometimes I get, you know, the network marketing haters, and that's cool, and you're allowed to have an opinion. But I'm like, you know what, for me, and for a lot of folks, it worked. And it was the thing that allowed me to build our homestead and grow my other business, the Prairie Homestead, which is that's my other business, the blog. And it allowed us to do a lot of things and have seed money to invest in many, many other things that we would not have been able to do without it. And so I don't do it as much as I did back then. I still am in doTERRA. I still have a team. Um, but at this point, I've shifted a little bit more into the Prairie Homestead stuff and this podcast and my YouTube channel and all those other pieces of my business. But it was really crucial for that point in time. And that's why I can't tell my story without talking about it. It is not for everyone. But for those of you who are working on a network marketing opportunity of some time, just want to encourage you, stick with it. Learn how to get a little bit better every day. Use the coaches and mentors that you have access to. And don't quit because there is a lot of opportunity there. Okay, that's my little spiel on that. Moving on. So as I started to learn how to get out of my comfort zone and I learned how to push myself and I started holding myself to a higher standard because of doTERRA and the things I was learning in doTERRA, I noticed that all of these traits started to trickle into other areas of my life too. And subsequently, everything started to grow. So our homestead, um, started to expand. We started to be able to build out different pieces of it. And we, like I talked about at the beginning, we had dreamed that someday we could add an addition onto our house. We decided that that actually could happen. So 2015, we started the plans to build onto our little tiny home and put an addition on the back with a basement. And our family started to grow, which was actually semi-accidental. Sage, our thirdborn, was a surprise. She was a, we were welcome, welcoming that surprise, but it was a surprise nonetheless. Also, it came in the middle of some huge projects and we were starting our house remodel and I got the positive pregnancy test and it was kind of like, oh my word, here we go. But uh, it was a time of really awesome growth. And it all started 
just with the ability that we had to say yes to walking outside of the box that we had created for ourselves and dreaming just a little bit bigger. And that is why time and time again on this podcast, probably till you're sick of me saying it, I've said, (laughs) dream bigger, think bigger, push yourself. Where are your limiting beliefs? What's holding you back? Because it's really key, my friend. It really makes all the difference in the world when you start to identify those things. So here are my takeaways from this episode for you to take and chew on a little bit more. The first one is never underestimate the power of exposing yourself to big thinkers. And sometimes, depending on where you live, that can be hard to find in your local circle. So maybe you have to expose yourself to them uh, you know, by listening to podcasts or watching videos or reading books or being part of online masterminds or mentorship groups. But that made all the difference for us to jumpstart this whole process was exposing ourselves to people who could think bigger than we could think at the time. And they started to rub off on us. You know, they say, I don't know who originally said it, that, but you're the average of the five people you spend time around. So when you find yourself spending time with people who complain a lot or who are always tearing down success or, or who are always talking about never having enough money, never having enough time, and just in general, having that small mindset, it's really easy for that to creep into our own lives as well. So pay attention to that. It really matters. And then the other takeaway is don't underestimate the power of starting before you're ready. And I'm a fan of planning. I'm quite the planner, actually. You guys know that. And I love to be organized and I love to have things thought out. But I've discovered over the years that you'll never feel 100% ready. There's always going to be a little bit of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Can't believe I'm saying yes to this. And you have to start before you're 100% ready. It's okay to plan and budget and do all those things, but start before you're ready. Say yes before you're ready. And that's where the big stuff really starts to get exciting. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that episode was helpful. You know, this part of my life might not really sound super homesteady as I was talking. I'm like, man, this doesn't really have a lot of homestead themes in it. But in a roundabout way, it really does. Because the transformations I went through during this period when I was so focused on doTERRA, um, they ended up touching the homestead part of our life and the blog part of our life and the financial part of our life and the dreams and goals we have for the future. So in a roundabout way, I almost had to take a little bit of a pause in digging super deep into homesteading so I could focus and grow myself in this area, but it ended up coming around full circle. So in the next episode, I'm going to share about a little bit of a crisis I had. I want to say maybe not crisis, but a moment of why the heck am I doing this that came not too long after this period of life that I just shared with you and how I got through that and how understanding how to gain clarity in what I was doing became something that was extremely important to our homestead and our goals moving forward. So we'll talk about that uh, moment, that crisis of faith in the next episode. So thank you for being here. I'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. 
feel free to shoot me a message over on Instagram or on email. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me in between podcast shows, you can follow me over on Instagram at The Prairie Homestead, or you can join me on my email list over at theprairiehomestead.com slash grow. So thank you for listening, friends. Thank you for being here. And we'll talk again on the next episode. Happy homesteading.